Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this um, opportunity to come and um, just talk about your word. And, and um, Lord, this is going to be a little different, so I just pray that uh, everyone will um, adjust to that and pray that you would um, use this time to your glory and to our benefit. And um, just thank you for each one here and pray that you'd guide us. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I already said it. This is going to be a little different. Um, as most of you know, if you've been in here when I've taught Sunday school, I like to ask questions. I ask a lot of questions. Um, one of the reasons I ask a lot of questions is because when I study the Bible, I ask a lot of questions. It's not, it's not that I don't have confidence in the Bible. It's, it's just that I see something and it's like, oh, that's an interesting thought. And it leads me to ask questions. And that's kind of how I... Um, end up going where I go in, in, uh, in studying the Bible. So I ask a lot of questions. It's funny, I'm not a big science question asker. As Heather can tell you, Heather's the science um, one in, in our relationship, and she's great at what she does. I just, I'm like, I take all those things for, yeah, okay, it's fine. Um, we're good. You know, I ask different questions. Um, who in the Bible asks a lot of questions? Job did, yeah, for sure. Jesus asks a lot of questions, and Jesus answers questions with questions sometimes. Paul, Paul actually asks a lot of questions. In the Old Testament, God asks a lot of questions. Um, so I'm going to try to do something a little different. I was originally was planning on studying and, and going through the book of John. I love the book of John. But as I was going through it, I just was struck by all the questions, and, and those are the things that really kind of piqued my interest. So I went through all of the Gospels, and I went through and I highlighted in a certain color every question that I found. Um, we are not going to go through every question, because <laughs> some of them are kind of mundane, right? Um, but we're not just going to focus on the questions Jesus asked. We're going to focus on other questions as well. Some of them, a lot of them that were obviously asked of him, how he answered. Um, so that's the focus of what we're going to do. This morning, we're going to talk a lot about questions. So um, are all questions equal? Are all questions created equal? Not really, right? Um, are questions necessary to function in relationship? Yes. Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, so let's talk about some reasons we ask questions. Why do we ask questions? So there's, there's basic information questions, right? There's, um, Mom, what's for dinner? Never heard that one, have you, Heather? Uh, what time does church start? Where did you park the car? Donde está el baño? Honey, do you know where the mustard is, right? Basic information questions. Basic questions for just basic everyday knowledge. I need to know something. Um, and so we ask those kind of questions. Then there's incredulous questions. Um, this costs how much? Um, you brought this guy home? Um, was your head actually attached to your body when you decided that this was a good idea? What were you thinking? Did that actually look good in the store? <laughs> you mean you can't find the mustard? Uh, then there's irritated questions. Doesn't anyone in this town have a ditching shovel? 
Only Heather will understand that one. We were, we were staying at her aunt and uncle's house years ago when we were working at the camp in Colorado. Well, in Colorado, when you're irrigating, you have rivers, you have a head gate, you take water off of there, and you've got all these ditches that you move water around. And until this point in time, until Uncle Bob came in one Saturday morning frustrated because he couldn't find in all of town a ditching shovel, I didn't know there was such a thing as a ditching shovel, but a ditching shovel doesn't have the normal curve. It's straight down. I'm like, oh, okay. Doesn't anybody in this town have a ditching shovel? Um, why can't they make the mustard bottle in some bright color so it's easy to find? <laughs> and then there's rhetorical questions. Have you lost your mind? Do you think I'm stupid? And you know not to ask that to a teenager, right? Don't ever do that, because you will get an answer and it won't be a pleasant situation. Um, who actually likes mustard? So the questions that we ask that we're not really looking for an answer. And then there's clarification questions. Do I take the second or third left? So are you saying you want me to give you money? Um, you mean she actually went out with him? Did you say the mustard was behind the cheese or the peas? <laughs> and then there's self-questioning. Why did I just do that? What was I thinking? Have I lost my mind? Do I even like mustard? I'm pretty hungry. Should I just forgo the mustard? Is it, is it true that there's no such thing as a stupid question? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I, I think that there certainly are annoying and irritating questions. Um, there was a guy I used to work with, and I'm convinced he had lazy questions. Um, when our kids were younger, Heather would get so tired of answering questions. I'd walk in the door at the end of the day and I'd ask a question. She'd just be like, we can't answer any more questions, you know, <laughs> just had enough. Um, but what's different about a question versus just a discussion or maybe a diatribe or a lecture? What, what's different about a question? You want info? What else? Makes you think, doesn't it? If I just spew information, you can tune out. You can go, whatever, you know, this is getting boring and I'm just, but as soon as I say, Jay, what do you think about, all of a sudden you gotta, I, I can't just tune out anymore. I've gotta, I've gotta be engaged. Um, so when you're daydreaming dreaming in class or when your wife is talking and you start to drift off and then she asks you a question, is that okay with you? Sometimes. <laughs> do you agree? Uh, do we have the money for that? Maybe. Um, we've all seen on some sketch or sitcom or whatever where the, the guy is talking to his girlfriend on the phone and she blah, 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 and he just sets down the phone and he walks away for 10 minutes and comes back and she's still talking. Um, it doesn't work when you're married. I just, guys, just, if you're newly married or anything, just want you to know that doesn't work. Um, it will come back to bite you. So just saying. But 
Um, and then there are the irritating questions. The toddler who just keeps asking why, that can be irritating. Can be kind of cute. The 10-year-old who keeps asking why is definitely less cute, more irritating. The teenager who keeps asking why can be really irritating and not cute at all. Um, and then the husband who can never find the mustard in plain sight in the fridge can be extremely irritating. I don't know any guys like that. Uh, math word problems. Those are really can be really irritating. And I know you science people are like, why is grass green and the sky blue? You like to talk about those things. I'm like, let's move on. We've got more important things than that. And then there's accusatory questions. Well, why did you say that? Um, there's the, where were you on the night of the 8th? What happened to the truck fender? Uh, who used the last of the mustard? So then there's the lazy questions. Um, I, was, I mentioned the guy that I used to work with at camp, Ed. Ed would walk into the shop. I worked up in the shop, worked on cars and did this kind of thing. And up in the shop, we'd have like a big 55-gallon drum that's got the top cut off of it with tools, shovels, rakes, all that kind of stuff in there. And Ed would walk up, do we have a shovel? Ed, you've been working here for like three years. You know where the barrel is. You know we have shovels. But he'd just walk in, do we got a shovel? Have you seen a shovel? Ed, dude, come on, wake up. You know, right? Lazy questions. Um, or he'd come in and, have you seen the jack? He was the one who would, he was like, I was always, he grew up on a farm. He was the oldest of like four brothers. And so he was used to just bossing his brothers around. That's mostly what he did. But now he had to come and actually work. And um, so he was like, well, I was told, always told there's no such thing as a stupid question. He was the one that I was like, yeah, lazy questions. Ed, there's lazy questions. So um, have you seen the jack? You know, that kind of thing. Honey, will you get the mustard for me? It's just too frustrating for me. Um, stupid questions typically get stupid answers, right? And Proverbs really suggests that they should get a stupid answer back or no answer at all. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes you get the, well, when pigs fly, you know, um, is the Pope Catholic? They get stupid answers because lazy and stupid questions are exhausting. It's interesting if, if somebody just walks into the shop and says, hey, I'm going to grab a shovel. Okay, great, you know. But it's that idea of, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to ask you for things that I know the answer to. And, and maybe that's some ways people's way of having that relationship is they're going to come in and ask a silly question, trying to create some dialogue. And I, I guess I'm not very good at that. <laughs> that's not my, uh, not my bailiwick, so to speak. Uh, I, I, it's funny because um, I get up here and I ask questions when we're studying and I enjoy that. But if you ask me to get on the phone and like I'm supposed to maintain a conversation just for maintaining the relationship, I'm horrible at that. I'm terrible at that. I'm like, I should probably ask a question, but I can't think of a good question to ask, you know? Um, so it, that's, not my, that's not my thing. It's kind of funny. Um, can questions be used to distract from, from what's important? Yeah. Uh, honey, can we talk about a relationship? Have you seen my golf clubs? 
I got some things I need to do. That's What's that? That's important. That's important. That's right. Absolutely. Um, I noticed a new dent in the car. <gasps> Did I tell you we're having steak for dinner? <laughs> um, interestingly, questions can make things personal. Uh, we can discuss a topic in general generalities, but then when questions get asked, and things can get more specific. Um, you know, I think everyone should be married by the time they're 25, maybe 30, blah, 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 blah. So do you have anyone in mind? Oh. Have you talked to, have you asked Debbie yet? You know, whatever. <laughs> um, or, man, there aren't any donuts today. You know, Jerry typically picks those up, and he's out of town this week. Would you be available to fill in when he's gone? Oh. Well, I was, you know, just kind of, I thought we were just talking about donuts, you know. I didn't want any responsibility in this. Um, so, yeah, those kind of things. Um, we had, uh, it's, it's been fun having Sam working up at his hill at camp because we get to, he'll come home on the weekends and he's been a counselor. Andrew's been walking around taking pictures so he doesn't have as good of stories. Sam has better stories because of all these kids and he had a rough week this last week but the, I think it was the second week he, had, he and Ben were co-counselors and they had a bunch of eight-year-old boys. Sam came home and he's like, eight-year-old boys, they're a bunch of liars. <laughs> he, he said, he said, all right, it's time to go take showers, right? So, all right, you guys grab your stuff. We're going to go take showers. And there were two of them, so one of them was in one room. The other one, they're kind of, you know, herding them um, appropriately. And so little kid walks up. Sam's like, you ready? Yep. Got everything? Yep. Okay. You got your clothes? Yep. You got underwear? Yep. You got socks? Yep. You got a towel? Yep. No, you don't. I'm looking at you and I don't see a towel. Where's your towel? Nope. <laughs> They'll just say whatever you want them to, they just, whatever they think you want to hear, that's what they're going to say. And then so this, this group, he said there was pretty much, most of them were, you know, churched kids. They seemed to, you know, have some degree of faith and that kind of thing. But there was one kid that was a little more on the outside of that. So Thursday night, they go to the bonfire, and there's that opportunity to, hey, if you've you know, accepted the Lord, come forward, you know. And, and so this one kid goes forward, and all the rest of them go follow him. And the boys are like, what? You know, so then afterwards, they try to go back and try to have a, you know, try to find out what, you know, what's going on. Said that they, they would never answer a question that helped at all. It just they were like all over the place, so... Eight-year-olds, that's, that's a whole different issue right there. Um, do questions make us think more? I think they do. There are a lot of people that don't like to think. And I've probably mentioned this before, but this is one of my, I, I think of this all the time. When I went to work for the home builder here in town, um, his brother-in-law and I were the superintendent kind of guys, and I was just getting started doing this and um, there were a couple of times when Danny would be like hey can you go out to this job site there's gonna be a bunch of guys out there and it's gonna be a little crazy and he was like I just need somebody out there with a brain I'm like everybody's got a brain 
it took, took me a little while to figure out everybody has a brain, but not everybody's willing to use their brain. There are a lot of people that really don't want to engage their brain. They just want to kind of have somebody tell them what to do and, okay, I'll go do that, you know. But so questions tend to make us think more, and a lot of people don't like to think. Um, I kind of covered this already. Um, but if I ask a question, you can't just passively listen. Um, you have to make a decision about what you think. You can't just listen and go, okay, that's what Jeff said and whatever, and I, I'm just going to kind of gloss it over. If I ask you a question, then you have to go, well, what do I think about that? I actually have to kind of think about it some. Um, even, if not, even if I'm not really looking for an answer, if it's more of a rhetorical question, typically it kind of engages our brain and makes us think, um, what, what do I think about it? So what I like about questions is they allow someone to come to a conclusion on their own, right? Um, they can be directed by the questions asked, but ultimately they have to come to their own conclusion. Um, it's one of the reasons that I really hate most surveys with multiple choice answers. Anybody, yeah. like, they never have the answer I'm looking for, right? They're leading me with whatever they want me to, you know, have, I hate those things. Um, so let's say you have a friend who comes to you and says, um, I've been asked to teach a Sunday school class or a Bible study, but they're not comfortable doing it, Okay. You could approach it in two ways. You could say, clearly God wants you to do this, and he can equip you, so you should do it, okay? Um, that may be true, but if so, who knows it? You or your friend? I know it because I just said it to him, right? Do they know it? Probably not. What if you approach it this way? Well, who asked you to teach? Well, Bob asked me to teach. Ooh, is Bob a godly man? Yeah, he really is. Did you ask him if he prayed about it? Yeah, he said he's been praying about it. My name keeps coming up. Okay. Um, why don't you want to teach? Well, it makes me nervous. I don't like being up in front of people. Do you think God can overcome your anxieties and concerns? Well, you know, still, I'm just afraid that, you know, people are going to ask questions. I don't know the answers. And, you know, do you think God is powerful enough that if he wants you to be there, he can give you the answers? What does God need from you? Your, abil your ability or your availability? Who does the work? Can you think of any of his promises that apply to this situation? Why wouldn't you do it? Well, I just don't want to. I don't like, you know... Well, how has disobedience worked out for you in the past, you know? <laughs> I mean, let's get down to brass tacks. You know, uh, questions can, can lead us down a road where it's like all of a sudden they're, instead of me just telling them this is what you should do, um, they're going, yeah, I, I, I've answered all those questions and the way I answered them points to what, you, what I was wanting to tell them or what I wanted them to see, but, um, you know, anyway. Um, this, this point I, I kind of thought of, and it, it seems really obvious, 
but it's probably something we don't think about, but questions have to be asked by a person. There are some, so there are some exceptions. Balaam's donkey asked a question. <laughs> Satan as the, of this, as the serpent. Those are the two exceptions I can think of, but, but for someone to ask, questions are asked of a person, a personality. Um, if you're reading a book or a story, the characters in the story can ask a question, but um, any other question must be interjected by the author, by the narrator, by a person. Nature by itself doesn't ask questions. There are questions that come about because of nature, um, but it doesn't ask them itself. It takes a, a person. And yeah, I, you know, I can do something and my dog will go like this and it looks like it's asking a question, but I'm not really sure it is. We have chickens and chickens are inquisitive. They're, they're interesting animals and you know, they'll look at you like that too, but it's not quite the same thing, right? I think, is it possible that question asking is a godly trait that he has put primarily into those he created in his own image? I think, I think that there's something about God that he is inquisitive and uh, of course he, he knows the answers, um, but he knows that we don't. So I think it's something he put into us. Questions often reveal our hearts. What questions we ask, when we ask, how we ask, who we ask them of, all those things. Do you love me? Why did you tell my secret? That reveals something about the pain, right? God, where are you? Why don't you answer me? Those are heart kind of questions. God, why do you have me here? I think you may have made a mistake. They reveal our hearts. Questions can also be used to deceive, right? Did God really say? I personally think that evangelism seems to be best done with questions. When you in, when you involve somebody in these questions rather than just saying, here's what you need to believe. Why do I need to believe that? How do I know where this person is if I haven't asked any questions? Because oftentimes there's pain and hurt from things that we don't even recognize until we ask some questions. Um, I can tell people what their problems are and how they need a savior, but until they come to that conclusion on their own, they're probably, probably not going to be convinced, right? So we find questions throughout the Bible. Sometimes God is asking, sometimes people are asking. Um, some are interesting, some are mundane. Um, when God asks questions, it can be quite revealing. So um, I'm going to look at Isaiah 40 and just kind of jump around in here. So if you want to turn to it, you can. Um, but Isaiah 40, starting in verse 12 through 14, God asks this, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his... Well, I guess Isaiah is asking, asking this of God. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure and weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has informed him? 
With whom did he consult and who gave him understanding and who taught him in the path of justice and taught him knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding? And the answer is nobody, right? Questions that are asked to, to make a point. Verse 21 and 22. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and inhabit and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Who is that? Um, and then um, 25 to 31. To whom then will you liken me that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his, of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weak and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. God asks questions, and then he answers them. He's like, why would you question? Why would you possibly doubt this God? How much is learned about God? Because he brings up questions that we wouldn't have thought to ask. When God asks questions and answers them himself, we'd better be paying attention. Sometimes his questions are quite unnerving. Look at Job, chapter 38. Job 38, 1 through 7. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements, since you know, or who has stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk, or, where, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Um, same chapter, 12 to 13. Have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? 19 to 24. Where is the way to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where is its place that you may take it to its territory and that you may discern the path to its home? You know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Or have you seen the storehouses of the hail? which I have reserved for the time of, of distress for the day of war and battle. Obviously, there's a lot in Job. And there's a whole lot of verses there. And it's just God saying, really? You're going to question me? I mean, that's fine. I don't have any problem with it. But I'm going to answer. And I'm going to come back at you with some questions. You know, and it's going to cause you to say, huh, yeah, my questions maybe aren't that significant. Um, yeah, unnerving. Clearly, God asked Job these questions to teach or remind Job of who he was and who God is. 
uh, Moses at the burning bush. The Lord said to him, Who made man's mouth, or who made, makes him mute, or deaf, or seeing, or blind? Is it not even I, the Lord? God asked some pretty impressive questions. Um, Paul's definitely a question asker. Look at Romans chapter 6. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death? Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. He could have just said the things that he's getting at. He could have just made a statement. And there are a lot of those in the Bible. But he's, again, what are you thinking? You know, especially when we're talking about our sinful behavior, it's like, what are you thinking? Um, there's a lot of that, wake up your mind. Um, And, and oftentimes, I, you know, again, it's, it's Paul, it's, it's the Lord leading us with these questions to this truth that he's trying to reveal to us. And questions do it better than, than just making a statement. Um, Jesus asked lots of questions, which is, again, one of the main reasons I want to do this study. And oftentimes, the questions Jesus asked seem to have obvious answers. But those are the wrong answers. So one of my favorite ones is with the rich young ruler in Luke. Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. It sounds like a reprimand, right? And that's probably how the rich young ruler took it. Like, you shouldn't be calling anybody good but God, which is true. Think about what you just said. You're calling me good. I didn't say don't call me good. Why are you calling me good? It's a question. It's supposed to make you think, why did you just call me good? Because I am good. Because I'm God, you know. But we tend to just, you know, we hear a question the way we expect it to be asked, the way we think it should have been asked. And so we respond, and oftentimes we don't really think. Um, and obviously the rich young ruler just kind of moved straight forward and, you know, keep, keeps going. But Jesus asked those questions, um, and we should be thinking about the answers, not just spouting off an answer. So questions are only half of the equation. Answers to those questions are often much more interesting than the question itself. I find Jesus' answers to be the most interesting. Again, another reason why I want to do this study. Um, some of my favorites are, uh, what sign do you give? What sign do you give us to prove who you are, who you, who you are, who you say, uh, who you are? Say, goodness gracious, I'm having a hard time. Let me try this again. What sign do you give us to prove you are who you say you are? What's Jesus' response? Tear down this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. Where do you go with that? I mean, if you're, a, if you're one of the rulers, you're like, 
well, that didn't really get us what we were looking for, did it? It's an answer, and I can't really say he's right or wrong, because I don't really want to tear this temple down. And of course, we know, as it's described, as it's told us in the gospel, that he's talking about his body. He's God, so if the temple got torn down, he could rebuild in three days, if that's what they wanted to test him in. He's God. He can do that. Um, but it's like, I ask you a question, and you come up with this? It's crazy. It's insane. It was, it was so unlike anything they were prepared for. Um, the, uh, what was the next one I was thinking about? Um, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Yeah, we got him now, boys. Where's he going to go with this one? Render to Caesar what is Caesar, and to God what is God's. Well, we didn't really think that one through, did we? We didn't see that coming. Um, then, of course, there's um, answering questions with questions. Where do you get your authority? Answer. Tell me this, and I'll tell you. Was John's baptism from God or man? Well, we don't really want to answer that question. <laughs> All right, no problem. I won't answer yours either. But he's, he's a master at asking questions. He was a master at answering questions. Obviously, he's God. But I think it's important to remember that he, while he was God, still is God, while he was on this earth, he was a man who was submitted to the Holy Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit as what he had. We can trust the Holy Spirit to give us the same answers, to give us the same questions in that moment. If you go home and you start, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down all these questions, and I'm going to go ask unbelievers, and I'm going to, you know, tell them how the cow ate the cabbage, you know. It's not going to work. It comes down to trust. It comes down to walking in faith through those, through those situations. Um, let's see. Where would we get so many loaves in this des desolate place? Well, how many loaves do you have? One, none, you know. I can work with whatever is what his answer is. Whatever you're bringing, I can work with it. Um, I won't bring up the mustard one. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. Um, I put one in there, but I, you know, um, I believe we need to learn from Jesus' example and not feel like we have to answer every question, but often respond with a question of our own. There was, I was listening to somebody on a podcast or something recently, and, um, he was saying that, you know, somebody asked some, you know, non-believer or whatever, I think he was, I think he went to colleges and spoke to, and so, you know, this college kid, oh yeah, well what about all the violence in the Old Testament? His response was, what about it? We think we have to have an answer to every crazy question that comes up. Well, a lot of times the crazy question is just to keep you, just to get you off track so you stop asking questions, so you, so you go away. They haven't thought about the answer. They don't need an answer. They don't necessarily even want an answer. They just want you to shut up. So sometimes it's just, well, let me ask you a question in response to that. A question that doesn't really, that kind of just goes, you know, what about it? What do you want to know about it? 
well, I don't know. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't go anywhere. So I think it's just one of the things I, I want I want myself to learn and us to learn is how to how to respond to good questions or to bad questions or any questions, stupid questions, whatever. Is just get in the habit of like it's okay to just respond with a question. I don't have to have any, the answer every time. And sometimes Jesus didn't answer with an answer. He answered with a question. Um, so we're, we're going to look at, like I said, they're not going to look at every single question in the, in the Gospels. Um, we're going to look at a lot of them, um, mostly focus on what Jesus asked or answered. Um, the, you know, crazy questions like, can anything good come out of Galilee? You know, like, um, who can forgive sins but God alone? Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Um, so there's just a lot of a lot of questions there. Um, we're not if 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 you feel like, and I'm going to try to kind of go in order, um, but of course it's a little hard to know exactly where everything falls exactly. Um, so, but if you feel like there's a question that I may have missed or that you want to make sure we cover, um, you can say something, and that it may just be that I haven't gotten there, and it may be that I missed it. Um, so um, I really don't know what this is going to look like. I'm hoping it'll be interesting. It's not really topical, but it's not really um, a verse-by-verse verse kind of thing. We'll skip around. We'll spend some time in all four Gospels. Um, my, my sincere hope is that no matter where we are, we don't slip away from the centrality of Jesus Christ and where he is in the center of all this. Um, and where he is in our lives and what he's wanting to work on us. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Learning to ask good questions, learning to, to answer questions well. And again, doesn't always mean answering a question straight out, right? So, Jay, will you pray for us? Yeah, can I make something quick? Absolutely. Okay, so We've got time, in fact. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Right, and and you're right. I think that if I stand, if I you know go up in front of a crowd of non-believers and I spew this, this is what I think, and this is what I think, and this is what I you know this is what the Bible says or whatever, they're free to disregard everything. But if I start asking questions, then it, it engages people in a different way. Yes, sir. I think what was interesting is when the response came from Jesus. He was fortunate enough to know the character of the person and the intent of the question, which crafted his answer, whether mm -hmm. to the Pharisees or to the disciples, Peter in specific. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's what he had that advantage. So for us, living in every single day, it's kind of a little harder for us to judge you know, the character and intent. And see, that's where I would disagree that I, I think, and I, I thought this for a while, and I was reading a book 
from uh, actually Major Thomas, and he said the same thing. So then I thought, okay, good, I feel better. Um, but I believe what happened when Jesus came to earth was he took all of his deity stuff and he stuck it in a box and kind of stuck it on a shelf. And he came to earth as a man. He's still God, but he, is, he was the perfect example of what it looked like to be submitted to the Holy Spirit, to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And so while I um, quench the Holy Spirit oftentimes, I still have the Holy Spirit, but oftentimes I'm not living in the Spirit the way I should be. Jesus always was, right? And so the Spirit, I believe, was telling him, this guy's got this issue, you know, or maybe it's not even he has this issue, it's just this is what he needs to hear. And so I think that is totally available to us. I think we have that op- opportunity daily. It takes me dying to myself daily, but I think that it's there. So anybody else? Any thoughts or questions before we end? All right, Jay. Oh, Tom. Mm-hmm. What do you believe about God? They'll tell you. Sure. That's not offensive to them. Right. And so you'll know exactly where they're coming from. Right. Pretty close. Yeah. And uh, I wish I was better at asking questions. The Socratic method brings you down to what, what you really believe. So right. If, if God doesn't care how you act, why, you know, yeah. Right. Well, I think I've shared this before too, but I, I remember hearing a guy who said that he went into a Starbucks and sat down with a cup of coffee and he put a little sign on the table and said, um, if you'll listen to my story, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. And like nobody, like he sat there for hours and like maybe one person sat down and said, yeah, I'll, you know, I want a free cup, free cup of coffee. Next day he went in and did the same thing, except that on the sign he said, I'll buy you a cup of coffee if you'll tell me, my, tell me your story. He was busy all day long. Wow. People want to tell their experience. So when I ask a question, rather than just saying, Jay, here's what you need to hear, you know, or even let me tell you my story. There's a lot of people out there that don't have anybody listening. And so if somebody says, tell me your story, and then as they're telling their story, ask questions throughout that story, you know, um, and let them keep telling about themselves. And you're probably, you know, if we did that, we would probably find out that they've got something that happened, because there's a lot of people out there that are mad at the church or mad at God because of something. Oftentimes, when they're mad at God, it comes back to something that happened in church that where they feel like they got wounded. It may be very true. They may have been had a very bad situation in a church, and they may be kind of justified in their anger at, the, at a church, at least, but they think that they're justified to hate everybody in every church. And so they have this chip. And so as we see that, and we can go, okay, well, what if that's not true of every church? You know? Anyway, it just, but, but it takes those questions. All right, Ann, real quick. Yeah. And if you write that out, it becomes so much clearer. Yeah. Yeah. And 
<laughs> no, I was going to go with mayo, and I decided mustard. I don't know. It was just, you know. Yeah, it's really hard to see that thing, you know. So, All right, Jay, will you pray for us?